on you just a crazy storm. Hi, I'm Peter. And I'm Felice. Welcome to Action Packed, the travel podcast that goes to the best places and meets the most interesting people. Our most famous person who probably most visitors are interested in coming to see is Jane Austen. There's a lot going on if you look under the hood. Ups and downs, the whole way, unrelenting. It's, it's more of a challenge. It's a thing that's on lots of people's bucket list to do. This week, police now travelling again at last to our first post-lockdown destination, and we've chosen somewhere in the UK. It's the small and beautiful city of Winchester in Hampshire, which lies just about one hour from London to the southwest by train, and about the same, about 70 miles if you're driving. At the moment, we're standing on St Giles's Hill, which is a stretch of greenery and woods all the way down to the high street, and from there we can walk. Took about five minutes to the cathedral. Winchester is a great place to live. It's safe. There isn't much crime. Has some very good schools, and apparently it even has sort of particularly good weather as well. It's been named as one of the best places to live in Britain. I suppose we're only about twenty minutes from from the coast here. We're half an hour into the New Forest to Lymington and places like that. So uh, we're we're almost on the seaside here. Well, not quite, but uh, we can probably get there in about 45 minutes if we're lucky, if the traffic isn't too bad. Anyway, each summer, for hundreds of years, where we are now, up on St. Giles' Hill, was the setting for what was the largest medieval fair in Europe. There were merchants from Spain and Provence and brought jewellery and swords. Italians sold silk and rich and rare spices from the East. I tell you, it was the best gig this side of the Bosporus. People came from everywhere. There was wine in huge quantities shipped in from Gascony. There was lace and brassware from the Lowlands, from Holland, and from the Rhineland, I guess. There was almost everything the modern medieval man or woman desired could be traded here. There were jesslers and tumblers, prostitutes and pardoners, all hawking their wares up here for a whole month each year. There was also, according to scholars, a, a mighty menagerie described as strange beasts and birds and bears and ferrets. Well... The only one I can see that looks like a bear is our brown Labrador, Jackson. And as for a beast, well, our naughty Jacopo, half Jack Russell, half Poodle, he fits the bill for strange beasts. Come on, boys. The reason for our dog's presence, and also ours today, is that this is our home. Winchester is where we live. As travel writers, we spend a lot of time on the road going all over the world. We're really lucky, but we're always very pleased to be home in Winchester again. I think originally when we arrived here with small children from what was then a very overcrowded London and still is and still is we we never looked back really it's been a great place to live and bring up a family and it's also an enjoyable place for a a visitor for a short break a weekend but you must make sure you book well in advance there are lots of hotels and b&b's but they do get very full especially in summer and also in winter during the christmas market which is november and december i guess historically we're also not alone in making that migration from the big smoke king william the, the conqueror the guy of 1066 fame he did the same after his coronation at westminster and it comes as a surprise to many that little winchester was in fact for 250 years the capital of england so a deep walk down takes us to a great big statue of King Alfred, and he's called Alfred, not Arthur. Don't muddle them up. 
Yeah, well, there is a bit of confusion here because King Arthur belongs to the other end of town. There they have a, I'm going to say a copy of the round table. They have the round table. It was, uh, it's been dated to about... 1250, 1280, that sort of thing. And it's uh, a big round table. It's only a tabletop. It hangs on a wall in Winchester Castle. The confusion here is, of course, is that we have to explain to visitors that King Arthur is not a real guy. It's the part of the Arthurian legend, and the table is part of the legend as well. Whereas King Alfred was, you know, King Alfred the Great, he was King of Wessex, and this was his throne. So here we are at the cathedral. At the moment, this mighty building is still in partial lockdown. The services are largely held on Zoom, although there's a live service on Sundays and on Wednesdays. The choir is not allowed to sing, although they do allow one person to uh, use the microphone. The, the often flooded crypt with its life-size sculpture by Sir Anthony Gormley is still closed to the public. It's of a, a man contemplating his watery surroundings. It, it's really absolutely splendid. And when the crypt is fully flooded, there's just a head and shoulders sticking out of the water. It's an extraordinary sight. Also close is the 46-metre cathedral tower, but tour guide is still on hand in the nave, happy to tell socially distant visitors a bit about its history. It's one of our very earliest cathedrals, Norman cathedrals, which was built following the Norman Conquest in 1066. And so it's been one of the very first cathedrals to develop each style of English medieval architecture. And what I think is particularly fascinating about it is you can see that transition of ideas, that unceasing evolution of ideas. Now, we've had a famous royal wedding, am I right in that? Yes, there? yes. Now, we've had the wedding of Mary. Uh, Queen to Mary. Queen Mary, yes, to Philip of Spain. Um, and that was here in the nave. The crypt has a, which we can't go down to sadly today, but tell, me, tell us about the crypt. Oh, the crypt is fascinating. So the crypt is the first part of the cathedral to be built, so it's very early Norman. When they built it, they didn't know that the cathedral flooded, but because it floods, it's never really been able to use useful functions that crypts normally serve for burials, etc. And so I think it's one of the finest pieces of the cathedral to visit because it is so completely original. Why does it flood? Because of the rainwater level. Winchester is a floodplain. And there was a problem with the cathedral tilting at one stage. Yes, there was. Yes, at the turn of the 20th century, the entire East End began to fall away. The, the East End was remodelled in the 1200s when the idea of going off on pilgrimage really began to take off and they rebuilt the East End to accommodate the pilgrims, where the pilgrims came to visit the shrine of St. Swithin, patron saint of Winchester. When they were remodelling the East End and the uh, builders dug down then, they discovered the flood water. But of course, they had no means to do anything about it. So what they did was to lay down logs and they built the east end on the logs. So over time, the logs went down for various reasons and the east end began to fall away. So the problem then is subsidence. They couldn't simply underpin. What they had to do was to get down beneath the foundations because what had happened is the river Itchen used to flow through there and it was moved by the um, Romans but of course nobody told the water which is percolating down from the chalk hills that. So the water level there is very, very high. So what they did was they had it from um, the uh, leading German firm of divers at the time, who were pioneers in the area. They had his, the chief diver who was called William Walker. And uh, what William Walker did was um, to go down. Uh, they built shafts all around the cathedral and he went down, down, down into this water 
and the water was so murky that he couldn't see what he was doing. So he was doing it all by touch. So he, he, he went down to the layer above the old chalk and gravel riverbed and that's where they needed to seal, seal that area to stop the water coming in. And then they passed down to him uh, sacks of concrete and he laid them down. The water was already there, that set it solid and that meant they could pump the water out. We're talking about someone wearing a Victorian diving yes, helmet, are we? Yes, absolutely, yeah. And someone on the surface pumping air down to him, would that yes, be the absolutely. way? Yes, absolutely. And so these shafts go down a long way. You had to go down these shafts. Do you know how deep? Water. How deep? Do you know how I deep? I don't know how deep exactly, no, it was quite a long way. And health and safety nowadays, uh, what they did was they had a matchstick in the shaft and his signalman uh, would signal to him if they saw the matchstick move. So his life was depending on a matchstick, really. <laughs> I know there were three statues of William Walker. Um, and there's one outside the refectory, which can be seen, and there's one there. And there's another one that's kept hidden away because it was modelled on a photograph of the uh, William Walker, the diver, and also the engineer. But the engineer at the time happened to be wearing diving kit because he had gone down to um, supervise and inspect the works. And when the family came to see the bust of William Walker being unveiled, uh, they realised it wasn't of him at all. It had been accidentally modelled on the engineer. <laughs> so that one is hidden away. And at the other end of the cathedral, or rather upstairs in the cathedral, the uh, steeple. You can climb up to the steeple? There's no steeple, there's a tower, the because tower. it's Norman. You can climb so up to it? So there's a tower, you can, yes. The public can climb up? Yes, um, if they go on a tour. Is that quite difficult to do? I know we it's can't do it at the moment. It's quite difficult to do, because it's Norman, so it's spiral, and it's very steep. But if you're interested, it's well worth doing it. We're standing here in the nave, which is one of the longest medieval naves in the country. And what you do is you go through a door at the west end of the nave, which is where you come in, and you go up these steep, steep, steep steps, uh, round and round and round, so not really you do claustrophobia. And then you walk all the way along the top of the nave above this wonderful vaulted ceiling we see here. And so you see the original Norman timbers. And the story is that when um, Wake, Bishop Wakelin, who was the first Norman Bishop of Winchester, wanted to build the um, roof, he asked the king if he could take timber from one of the royal forests nearby. And the king said yes, he could take so much in a limited time. And when the king went back, he found there was literally one tree left standing. <laughs> and there's some pretty famous people buried here, aren't there? Our most famous person, who probably most visitors were interested in coming to see, is Jane Austen, who died in Winchester. She didn't live in Winchester. She lived near Winchester, about 15 miles away. Um, but she became ill uh, in 1817, uh, moved to lodge in Winchester. Winchester was a county town. Very unusually at the time, it had a purpose-built hospital. and hoped they could save her. Sadly, they couldn't. And the interest in her is as big as ever. You have people from all over the world. Yes, a lot of people come, especially. That's enough of the cathedral. There's a whole lot more to Winchester than history and religion, although I should really mention St. Swithin, who's the cathedral's patron saint. He lived in the ninth century, and his main miracle involved a peasant woman and a basket of eggs. One day, she was crossing the bridge over the River Itchen when a group of men jostled her. She dropped her basket, and the eggs all smashed, and the bishop, who was passing at the time, put the eggs back together again, a bit like the nursery rhyme, really. But St. Swithin is better known as a weatherman. It's said that if it rains in Winchester on his feast day, which is July the 15th, 
it will rain for 40 days. So to find out what makes modern Winchester tick, we met up with Beth Lawless, yoga teacher, weaver and local podcaster. Beth, you know Winchester very well, and there are two sides to Winchester. There's the staid, traditional cathedral side, I might say, and then there's a vibrant undercurrent, and you are very much a part of that. Tell us about it. Oh, goodness me. Well, that's exciting, and also a great deal of pressure to fairly represent all of the different facets. There's a lot going on if you look under the hood. So probably the most obvious thing to start with is the Hat Fair. That's the glorious and entrenched festival that happens every summer. My earliest memory of the arts in Winchester was being a small, small person wandering around looking at all of these very talented street artists. It's the oldest, longest-running street arts festival in the world. It's the first year that it hasn't happened in, I think I'm right in saying about 100 years. When does it normally take place? It's June. So first weekend in June, it usually happens triumphant celebration of all things mad. The hat fair comes from the term hatters, which is where the street artists used to put their hat on the ground and then you would make a little donation into that small trendy hat. But it is just street performers, so performers from all over the world trek into Winchester. And there's this very strange influx of very um, different looking people on the streets of Winchester for a weekend, which is lovely. So this is the modern aspect of what I talked earlier about the medieval fair that took place on St. Giles. Oh, really? So this is the sort of modern version of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, festivals have been in a part of human beings for, you know, since the beginning of time, really. This is just a very contemporary version. I mean, there's so many different types of artists in Winchester. So we've got two universities in quite a small space and a theatre, which we're very fortunate to have. So this, all of those, all of those different establishments are very involved in that and doing different things, you know. Hapfer also has acrobats and... I've seen them. Um, yeah. Well, sort of... so it takes place over three days, which is very exciting. The first day is very gentle. The second day is the Saturday, which is always massively heaving. Things wander up and down the high street. And then on the Sunday, that's the big family day. So that's really exciting. But there's two huge performances that happen on the Sunday evening and on the Saturday evening. And that's where you get your sort of like big, shiny, professional street artists come in and do something wonderful. Like last year, or the year before last, they set fire to a bus. So oh, no, I miss that. Why not? Very exciting. <laughs> Literally, you overturn any rock in Winchester, there are artists underneath it. But what overall, what do you love the most about Winchester? Oh, that's such a difficult question. <laughs> Since you invited me on this fantastic podcast, I've been pondering what is my favourite part of Winchester. So at the moment, it's a very strange time. But normally, when normal life is happening, my favourite things in Winchester are, well, the water meadows is that's a little bit sort of traditional, but the water meadows are absolutely beautiful, just stunning. And they're so close to the city. And of course, they're famous for John Keats. Absolutely. In 1819, I think I'm right in saying, he spent a lot of time here and he wrote some, some of his most famous poems. Yeah. Ode to Autumn was exactly. probably the biggest. Yeah. But I now discover that they, scholars now think he didn't actually write that while walking through the beautiful water meadows. Oh, no. He did it by walking around the bottom of St. Giles' Hill on a meadow that is now the Chesil Street car park. Oh, which that's is a bit so sad. You have, to, <laughs> you have to use your imagination when yeah. you look at this 1960s, 1970s I-story car park. Of course. Back in the day, it would have been much more beautiful. I think that's right. The best thing about Winchester is the fact that it's small enough to, to be involved in your community so frequently. Like, I know the name of lovely Elsa who makes my coffee every morning. I know who... I'm going to see, you know, Phil who makes the bread in Sainsbury's. I know all of these creatures all the time. And it makes you feel like you matter somehow. Beth, you have your own podcast as well. Can oh, you tell us a little bit about it, what it's called? I do. I have a podcast. It is called the Hippy Dippy Podcast. And the general premise is um, I will present all things 
was hippy and dippy to a great friend, um, Michael Dory. Uh, he's very sceptical of all things in the world, um, except science, which, of course, he doesn't understand. So it's very easy to just gently, <laughs> gently scratch away um, and make him quite confused. So that's nice. That's all we do is really just explore things that we don't fully understand. But it's quite good fun. Cycling is an increasingly popular means of transport in and around Winchester. The city is the starting point for the South Downs Way. This is a 105-mile off-road track that takes dedicated mountain bikers all the way across the scenic South Downs National Park to the Sussex seaside town of Eastbourne. Heather Evans runs the bike hub, a community cafe and workshop that, forgive the pun, expertly recycles unwanted cycles and gets them back on the road. Heather's dedicated to getting more people into the saddle. We began just doing bike repairs and cycle training and then branched out into bike hire and people hired bikes for the South Downs Way. Well, you need to look at the profile of it because often people's image of it, especially to tourists, is that, oh, it's a nice boarded ride through the, the South Downs, gentle hills. No, 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 no. It's lots of ups and downs. We've had some great groups do it over the years that we've been doing bike hire. A couple of lads flew in from America landed at Heathrow Thursday night, picked up their bikes Friday morning, off they went. We paired up with the guy in Eastbourne, so they dropped them off when they arrived and they drove back to Heathrow and flew out again. You always get the ones that think they can do it in a day. We've got a useful article on our website all about the best advice for how to go about doing it. Oh, can you tell us what the website is? It's bespokebiking.com and then there's a section I think called Find Out More or, and you see the article there. We've also got an article there about buying e-bikes as well. And, yeah, we say to people, most people, two to three days. And if you want to enjoy it, take four. It'll be interesting to see how things go post-COVID, but we hope visitors will come and we'll be ready with our offer. At the moment, we haven't got any bikes for hire because uh, we've got hybrid city bikes but and e-bikes, but the mountain bikes, we can't get any replacements. There's a global shortage till, I think, February next year. Hopefully, by next spring, we'll be fully functioning again. People said to me, oh, Winchester's not great for cycling. And I thought, I think it really is. So I thought, well, I'll prove it that it is. And there are issues, obviously. But well, it's quite hilly, isn't it? It's hilly and there's you know traffic control issues and all of that. But nevertheless, I have a, there's not a day goes by that I don't enjoy riding my bike around Winchester. The other thing that we've had some people create lovely routes from Winchester and we've got a lot of expertise on the team so we can find out what people want to do and give them a route to do. There's one guy, I remember, again, a Canadian, he flew in had a bike for 10 days from us which is a long hire and he did cathedrals he went from Winchester to Salisbury Salisbury to Stonehenge Stonehenge to Glastonbury to Glastonbury to Bristol the Bath and then Bristol and then he rode back again <laughs> much like cathedrals <laughs> and every day he sent us a picture of his coffee a cake his book and his feet and there's a cathedral one of the cathedrals <laughs> in the background <laughs> well i think it's time to get on our bikes ourselves and back up st giles's hill fortunately they're e-bikes which really takes a sting out of steep terrain nevertheless i think we'll leave the south downs way for another day that's all for now if you've enjoyed the show do please visit our website actionpacktravel.com or subscribe on spotify google Podcasts, itunes or another of the many platforms that we're on you can also find us on twitter facebook and instagram if you enjoyed this episode please share it with at least one other person and i am you and you
just a crazy storm.